Football is back and so is winning season at MyBookie. Use promo code GATERS on a deposit of $50 or more and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And Gators Breakdown is proud to partner with AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Try AG1. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash Gators for more. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Oh, it was certainly not a dull moment in the swamp on Saturday night as the Gators defeat the Tennessee Volunteers 29-16. to Oh, that was a fun one. That was a fun one. Gator Nation, woo! Man, 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 man. What a fun time in Gainesville. Friday, of course, on Saturday. And right here on this Victory Sunday on Gators Breakdown, we're going to have even more fun breaking this game down. Reviewing the game just a little bit. Hey, you can hear it. My voice, good time at the tailgate with Harmonic Woods. Thanks to everybody who stopped by. What a fun weekend. What a fun. We, we've been waiting on that. <laughs> we, we've been waiting on that one, man. Just uh, we, We've been waiting for it to explode. We all want to support this team. and you know, Everybody did their part. The team came together. The fan base fed off of it all weekend, especially, especially in the Swamp. Right there with the LED lights going crazy with every touchdown and score and big play and the wall back down with the lights down and the I mean and all the cell phones I mean guys it's it, it was every, every everything we wished it could have been this past weekend it was so everybody thanks for hopping on right here Gators breakdown on this victory Sunday twenty nine sixteen Florida over Tennessee. A little bit of pressure, a little bit of pressure on Billy Napier, and boy, the team come through. The team, the staff came through, team came through, fans came through. I did not come through. I did not come through, did I? Everybody, I, I told you, I, I'll stand in the paint, guys. Throw it my way. I picked Florida to lose this game. Dummy me, you big dummy Dave. Uh, you idiots. Go ahead. I, I deserve every bit of it. <laughs> but, hey, I, 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 I try to keep it fair and balanced, guys, but – um. I waffled on it. I, I did. I, I felt better as we got closer to the game. I didn't want to go back on my original thoughts uh, there. I thought the game was completely winnable, uh, but it was Florida's defensive line, especially in that first half. I controlled this game that I kind of thought the way Tennessee's defensive line would. But uh, dummy Dave, dummy Dave, dummy Dave. Uh, I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad I was wrong. 29-16, big win for the Gators. Uh, we'll get into it right here on Gators Breakdown. Everybody I know because... You like the results? We're right here on the Victory Sunday. Smash that like button right here. We're liking everything about today uh, right here, except, my, except for my pick, except for my pick. But uh, the, we'll, we'll get by that. We'll get by that. It's, it's not about me. It's not about me anymore. It's about this 29-16 win over Tennessee Vols. Hey, that big rivalry win that was kind of so elusive for Billy Napier in year one. Well, not in year two right here. First rival, Tennessee comes to the swamp. Gators get a victory, so smash that like button. Subscribe right here on Gators Breakdown if you haven't done so yet. Everybody, thanks for hopping live right here on YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite podcast podcast platform if you haven't done so yet. Gators Breakdown Plus, some new members in the last few days, even as recently as last night. I believe his name was Jonathan. Sorry, I, I, I can't go back and look. I think that's the name. He said if 
Florida beats Tennessee. He was going to join. He lived up to it. Welcome. Uh, all the chat, the discord going crazy. You get access to that guys, of course, and a lot of stuff going on there, but there's ad free episodes. You get the discord, you get extra episodes. They get the newsletter Q and a every week. I got a giveaway coming up this week. We'll give away two Charlotte tickets uh, to, to, to the game this week. So, and if you sign up for the all access, you get custom shout outs as well. Uh, and then of course, Florida victorious. Hey, well, if we're, we're live right now, uh, but they're live at Spurrier's right now for the 96 club meeting. Uh, so definitely, I'm sure they're having fun with a win over Tennessee like they did in the 90s so much, especially that 96 season. So they got that stuff going on there. If you want to be able to take part in events like that, the event we had Friday night uh, at, the, at the Swamp Restaurant was a great time as well. You get 20% off your first month using promo code GATORSBD. Link is in the description to join Gators Breakdown Plus and Florida Victorious. A lot of exciting times right now. Be part of all that stuff, all that stuff. Support Gage Breakdown, support Florida Victorious. But man, man, oh man, oh man. We, hey, we can support these Gators, can't we? That was a huge, huge win. It's not an overstatement. Uh, we all felt the pressure, uh, I think, coming from that after the loss to Utah. And you know, we saw we want some good things to talk about. And it was time to bounce back. It was really time to bounce back. And oh man, did I mean, Florida bounce back. Big time, big time. 29-16. And hey, Vols, still have not won in the Swamp since 2003. 20 years. 10 matchups in the Swamp. And the Vols walk out with another loss. I should have known better. I should have known better. The game was at home. I know Dummy Dave, one more time. Hey, but guys, it was, it was insane. It was an insane asylum there, Mick Hubert. Yes, thank you so much. But it was an insane asylum in the Swamp. And we lost. look, guys, we know it made a difference. We know it can make a difference. And... And we've seen both ends of that spectrum this season. Florida on the road to open up versus Utah. Uh, all the new pieces, but also, you know, playing on the road. It was difficult. And we know how hard it is to play at the Swamp. And, hey, we hosted that big game at home. We know the difference it can make. It did. The team fed on it. The Vols had to deal with it. And I've been saying, you know, I go back to something I said earlier. The fan base has just been waiting. It's just been, you know, pent up excitement. The fan base wants something uh, and a reason to explode, really get behind Napier and this team. And, hey, we needed that spark. Uh, and we got that Saturday night in the swamp. You know, the team's performance was the spark. Uh, the fan base has been bottled up like a Coke and you know, throw Mentos in it. And boom, that's what happened. That's what happened Saturday night. It was a, just, you know, the loud, loud, loud overflowing with support right there. And this was a top performance that. Yeah, you know, the, the fan base was ready as well as the team. <laughs> so, uh, you know, 12th largest crowd in program history, 90,751. The second biggest attendance in the swamp for Florida, Tennessee. So, of course, you know, in the 90s, I'm sure would have been up there, but the team has since been expanded. So, I mean, we, we know what plays into it a little bit, but hey, look, we, like I said, the support was there. The fan base was ready. The swamp was sold out. It was as loud as it could possibly be. There's some clapping in the background. If you can't do it, good job, Gator Nation. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. And of course, getting up 26 to 7 in the first half played such a huge role in, in, in you know, Florida securing this victory, led to the 29 16 victory, but up 26 to 7 with a great performance in the first half. And hey, let's get to the game a little bit. One of the biggest headlines of the night. Hello, Trevor Etienne. Uh, rush for a career high. 172 yards on a career high 23 attempts. 
we don't see Billy Napier guys get that many carries by themselves. Now, you could get two guys with around maybe 15, 17 carries. I think if everything is going great, that's probably ideally what you'd see. But one running back getting 23 attempts, that's not going to happen too much. Uh, I, I don't think so. You know, we'll see. But it certainly was needed. Uh, and Trevor Etienne took advantage. 23 attempts as his career high, of course posting his third 100-yard rushing game of his career, first of this year. Uh, of course, previous career high was 129 last year uh, at Florida State. So, Etienne, account, and it was needed, accounted for six of Florida's eight explosive plays. And, of course, the big one, being the first touchdown of the night, 62-yard scamper that was beautifully blocked by the offensive line. Welcome back, Kingsley Ogwakan. He snaps the ball. He's pulling immediately left. You know how hard that is yeah, to center and then go pull at the same time. He gets the first initial block. Damian George is behind him, gets the, gets the next block, and ETN does the rest. Um, shoves off a Tennessee defender, and it is a 62-yard touchdown to get the scoring ready for the game. I mean, this was after Tennessee had, of course, scored their first drive. You know, Florida – First drive, just couldn't couldn't finish. Tennessee gets the ball, just drives right down the field, makes it look easy and uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh moment. But, hey, nice response. Nice response by the Gators and Trevor Etienne uh, going a long way right there. So, Etienne provided four explosive rushes of 10-plus yards in the first half uh, while rushing for 119 yards on 11 carries in that first half. And almost 11 yards per carry in the first half. Uh, so on 11 carries, good, good job there. And while his overall stats weren't necessarily there, Montreal Johnson still played a large role in this game. And uh, Tennessee does even last year did a really good job on the, I think running style of Montreal Johnson, the, the ETN showed patience and showed burst. And I uh, just think um, was kind of just a better matchup for how physical and fast Tennessee's defensive line is. So, uh, I think that little added burst that ETN brings to the table, a uh, huge, huge plus. But, hey, uh, overall for the night, Johnson you know, really couldn't get it going. But, man, some nice plays to that really nice cut back inside for his four-yard touchdown run. I mean, nice vision, cut it back. It was a, you know, another touchdown in the first half. And then, of course, the screen pass. Graham Mertz stands in there, really you know, finds Johnson – he makes a guy that makes a guy miss down the field as well. So we're seeing these running backs in the in the passing game so so much more this year, and they're taking advantage, they're making plays in there. So while not an overall big big night for Montreal Johnson, still played a huge huge role uh, in, in the Gators putting some points on the board. Of course, I mean the two touchdowns, uh, one receiving, one rushing, big big night uh, for the Gators running back in 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 a few different ways, in a few different ways. So. Hey, let's move to the other side of the ball right quick. Gators defense held Tennessee to their third fewest points in the Josh Heupel era. Biggest play of the night, of course. Woo, man. Big Des Watson just sandwiching Joe Milton after Caleb Banks forces him up in the pocket. The ball floats down in the field or down the field for forever. You just knew it was happening. You could just, it was always like it was in slow motion. Devin Moore gets underneath it, returns it for 39 yards. Florida's first takeaway of the season. It was a big one. Just kept the momentum in the first half, and Florida just abusing Tennessee up front uh, in the first half, and it led to that in, uh, Devin Moore interception and a big return after. 
I mean, Florida was able to whip Tennessee up front first half, pressure Milton over and over, and it certainly affected uh, him after that opening drive touchdown for the Vols. Um, and I hate to just point out one you know, single guy for, for up front. It was a collective effort all night up front for the skaters' defense. You know, one play, it's it's Princely and, and, and Sapp back there. And another play, it's Banks and Watson. And another, it's Lyons and Jackson or McClellan and a linebacker coming up to make a play. Very active up front. And like, I go back to the preview, guys, and I said, you know, how as deep as we think this defensive line is, how is it going to play out in the, in the game? And you saw how deep Florida could go in this game. Once again, Jamari Lyons is the overlooked coming into the season, but this is the third game in a row where he's making plays. He's a very disruptive force up front to go along with Cam Jackson having his best game as a Gator. Caleb Banks is making plays. I mean, this defensive line, we, we, we found out for sure how deep they can go playing in an offense like this as well and find success at every level, whether it be the starters, whether it be your second, third rotation guys, Florida's got some playmakers up front. It was on full display versus this, you know, Tennessee offense that can spread you out, speed you up. And for the most part, this good defensive line did their job. And then I want to just go back to one play. You know, fourth and one for Tennessee at the Florida 17, 528 left in the third quarter. Tennessee's trying to put something together in the second half. They're driving. Uh, and then Florida just owns them uh, up front. You get penetration, Jamari Lyons. Scooby makes the tackle for loss on a fourth and one. But Banks is in there. Castell is in there. Collins is in there. And I just like, you had these all these young guys making plays. Guys that, I mean, before the season, if we're looking to the third game of the season and Tennessee's in the swamp, it's fourth and one. I'm giving you this scenario before the season, but it's fourth and one. And Tennessee's driving in the second half, trying to get back in the game. And if I had told you, Jamari Lyons, Scooby, Banks, Castell, Collins are all in there making this play. Not a lot of us would probably have believed that. You know, Jamari Lyons, we didn't know what to expect. Scooby, he, we, we know the jump he probably needed to take for this Florida defense to be better. Banks, transfer from Louisville, we didn't really know much. Castell, true freshman. Collins, true freshman. We wouldn't know if we were going to sit here and say, "All right, who's going to make a big, big play in the second half of a of an SEC rival game?" We probably would have been Princely and Sat, maybe or Jackson coming in. The, the reputation from from Memphis. Don't get me wrong; he made his plays in this game. So, like this play specific, it really stifled pretty much to, to come back for Tennessee. Did they have other chances later on in the game? Of course, but fourth and one, they're having to go for it. They probably get some momentum when they make this, but they're at the Florida seventeen. And Florida just stifles them. There's, I mean, there's 528 left in the third quarter. They score here. There's plenty of time uh, for, for the way you know, Florida's offense, even Billy Napier admitted it after the game that he probably got a little too conservative in the second half. It allowed Tennessee to almost get back into it. But this fourth and one with just these names, Lions, Scooby, Banks, Castell, Collins, big, huge play. And this lets you know how deep this Florida defense can go. Is it an improved defense? It's an improved defense with a new defense coordinator. It's an improved defense with transfers that were not on this team last year. It's an improved defense with true freshmen making plays. Man, it was fun to see. It was a, it was a blast to see you know, all these new faces in their first big SEC action making a difference for Florida. So good stuff there. Uh, when you know, That's kind of just you know, the, the, the biggest um, ETN on the offensive side of the ball. Defense and that big time first turnover of the season, and then that one fourth and one that I just wanted to make sure I pointed out just because of the new faces that are making plays 
uh, for this Gator defense. So, man, plenty to get into. We'll get into some stats right here. We'll get into some notes that Florida sent as well uh, from, uh, from, from the game. A good start uh, for uh, one true freshman, of course. Hopefully, Trey Wilson won't be at too long, but uh, Billy Napier talked about him a little bit after the game as well. Got some notes on him and that start that he put together. You could tell he was going to be in the game plan, couldn't you? Woo. We'll get into that right here in just a second. But all right, everybody, uh, on the bad news on the NFL front, hey, Aaron Rodgers' season's are officially over, but yours, your journey for football, it can begin right now at my bookie. NFL, college football, college football now, you're starting to see some trends, probably get some better action right now because you kind of see where teams are heading right now. But at my bookie, you get that brand new cash out system giving you the best options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, well, then cash out early, place another better, let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday. Join us at MyBookie for an entire season filled with daily odds boost. Same game parlays, huge prize pool contest as well. Right now, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached to cash, cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code GATERS on your first deposit of $50 or more and you can receive up to $200 in cash. And that is instantly credited to your MyBookie account. That's Gators to claim your cash bonus now at MyBookie. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my good friends at MyBookie. And Gators Breakdown is proud to partner with AG1. I mean, look, you see it, you see it everywhere now, guys. If you're watching college football, you see some ads for AG1, and they're right here on Gators Breakdown as well. The daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. AG1 is formulated to support whole body health, raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. I mean, all easy in just one little scoop. It replaces your multivitamin, your probiotic, and more in one simple, daily, drinkable habit. I start my day with drinking AG1, and after pairing it with exercise and diet, I'm ready to do them in these, tight, these busy days of football season, and I can get that focus right there with AG1. Comprehensive solution. And if that's what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash gators. That is drinkag1.com slash gators for AG1. Go check it out. All right, guys, let's pull up the kind of summary. Summary of the stats uh, right here. Total yards. I mean, not a whole lot of yards in this game. Uh, I think we knew both teams wanted to come in and establish the run, and a team that would rush the ball better would probably win, and that's exactly how it played out, <laughs> Tennessee with more passing yards, but it was Gators controlling the ground game, and that goes a long way right here. Total yards, Tennessee actually more total yards in Florida, 393 to 349 through the air, 287 for Tennessee, 166 for Florida. Uh, it was a, it was a um, consistent 166 there for Graham Mertz. Once again, we'll get into his stats. Uh, but rushing yards, that was a big difference. 183 for the Gators, 106 for Tennessee. And here's where the Swamp Really, really made a difference. Tennessee, 10 penalties, 79 yards. We saw the false starts. We saw them discombobulated on offense. The Swamp did its role. 5 of 30 for the Gators on penalties. First downs, Gators 21 first downs, 17 for the Vols. 
Florida, 7-14, 50% on third down, was really, really efficient in the first half on third down. Uh, we'll get into that in just a second, too. It was a kind of tale of two halves, of course, for the Florida offense. But as I said, Billy Napier admitted getting a little too conservative in that second half uh, with the new clock rules and all that. Uh, you kind of get it. And there was some success running the ball in the first half. You'd like to have a little more success running the ball in the first on, on in in the second half, there a lot of called run plays to start these drives in the second half uh, that did not gain a whole lot of yardage. So Florida was kind of fighting from behind the sticks, uh, but with a lead, all these new clock rules, you, it, it would have had to go really, really, really wrong. Now, if you want to put yourself in that situation, it ended in a victory, so I don't want to nitpick it too much. But at the same time, you know, you'd have had to mess up really, really, really bad. Uh, for you know, not, still the conservative game plan not to really work itself out. Uh, but third down was a big difference there. Florida really efficient in the first half, not so much in the second half, but 7-14 of overall. Tennessee was 8-15. of 15. Uh, but, but probably the biggest thing I already pointed out, one of them, Tennessee over 3 on fourth down. And Billy Napier said in the press game or in the post-game press conference, in his eyes, that's three turnovers. So count the interception, go over 3 on fourth down. And the way Billy Napier sees it, that's four turnovers. Head coach thinks that's four turnovers right there for the gate. Hey, you can't disagree with him. Fourth downs gets Tennessee off the field. 0 for 3, big, big, big contributor to the Gators winning this game. Total plays. If you hold Tennessee to 63 total plays, there's a good chance you're winning a football game. And that's exactly what this Gators defense did. 67 plays for the Gators, 63 for Tennessee. Average yards per play, Tennessee 6.2, Florida 5.2. Uh, average yards per completion, 14.4 for Tennessee, 8.7 for Florida. And those guys just go to the stats. As I said, it's not me hitting on Graham Mertz. It's just the way this offense is built, Florida's going to need to run the ball uh, and, and to win some games. So you, know, you, don't, you may not have the average yards per completion, and that will be okay as long as the run game is there. The run game was there. Graham Mertz... I think paired with a run game like this is more than enough for far to go out there and get probably what that seven, eight win mark that we, you know, a lot of people were maybe pegging for that were going to exceed expectations around that seven, eight win mark. Well, okay. Maybe even higher. Hopefully if, if he can come along a little more and the run game comes along even more as well. Uh, and look, I still think this Tennessee team's pretty good. Um, so I, maybe in the first half of the season before Georgia still may be the best team you play. So, if you can build on this, I know the average yards per completion, not that high, but paired with the run game, still can go a long way. 4.3 yards a rush for the Gators, 3.7 for Tennessee. Red zone, oh man, that was beautiful. Four for four for the Gators, and after what we saw at Utah just a couple of weeks ago to bounce back. And hey, look, not only just Utah, last year as well, right? Four four in the red zone for the Gators, one of two for Tennessee. Time of possession. 37 minutes for the Gators, 37-34 compared to 22-17 for Tennessee. And, of course, the Gators with no turnovers, big, big, uh, big plus. Cannot overlook that. Tennessee with one. That was a Devin Moore interception, of course. But as, as Billy Napier said, hey, there's, there's a fourth down conversions that they didn't convert go a long way in that as well. And sacks, not a lot of sacks, one for each team, uh, of course. But Tennessee, as I, you know, as I said, seven tackles for loss. I mean, that was their mo on, on defense, but it didn't uh, equate to a win right here in Gainesville. All right, let's go to the stats for the offense. And Graham Mertz, nineteen to twenty-four for one sixty-six, one touchdown. That was the Montreal Johnson. I mean, 
credit to Graham Mertz, man. He had to stand in there. To, he took hits all night long. We know his hand uh, looked like it was kind of injured in the second half. He was in the post-game press conference. Didn't seem to be much of an issue overall uh, there, but uh, you could tell. Uh, he, we'll go back and watch that game. He was, he was getting lit up, and credit him, staying in the pocket, delivering that screen pass to Montreal Johnson, and there you go. It was a touchdown. So big credit there for Graham Mertz. And uh, 19-24, 79% completion percentage. You'll get into more of that in just a second, but uh, there you go. There you go. Still that kind of consistent performance right there from Graham Mertz. Uh, receiving. Trey Wilson, six catches, 44 yards, and all at the beginning of the game. And, of course, he gets, goes injured. Billy Napier did say after the game, it looks like a bruise. We'll get a, more of an update on Monday. Uh, like something to do with his collarbone. Uh, that was something that he dealt with last year, uh, his last year of high school as well. So hopefully won't be out too long. Maybe you definitely can rest him versus Charlotte this week if it is a bruise. Hopefully that is the extent of it. He said, Napier said the x-rays were okay. Um, yeah, as in, you know, good news. Not reporting a broken clavicle. Uh, that was the worry yesterday uh, at the game that it could be that. But uh, doesn't it look like right now um, that Wilson – Probably received their, their, their worst fortune of that is what, is what it looked like. Uh, broken collarbone, uh, but thankfully, hopefully, um, that may not be the case now. Ricky Persall with six catches as well for six for 43, uh, along of nine, targeted nine times as well. Caleb Douglas with a couple nice catches. Jonathan Odom gets involved again as well. Uh, just not a lot there, uh, of course, as far as uh, you got 12 to the 19, go to Wilson and Persall. Uh, and look, I, I won't complain much about that throughout the season. Um, still want to see some downfield. We'll get there eventually. Uh, I think we're, you know, we'll see how capable it is. But uh, with the way the, the game plan was yesterday, of course, um, with the way as we move forward to Trevor Etienne, his 23 carries for 172 yards, uh, the deep downfield shots weren't necessarily needed because you got your explosions through Trevor Etienne. The big 62-yard run, of course, seven and a half yards a carry, 23 attempts, 172, the one touchdown. Montreal Johnson, as I said, 12 of 23. Uh, he had the one touchdown, the beautiful four-yard run there at the goal line. Trayon Webb comes in a little bit. Montreal Johnson did seem to get banged up uh, later on in like the third quarter, I believe. I don't think anything serious there, but Webb did come in and get a couple carries. Um, and then Florida's defense. Oh, well, let's go to the UT offense first. Let's get, compare that. Joe Milton, 20-34, 287, two touchdowns, the one interception, of course. Brew McCoy had the big, big touchdown, five for 94, the one touchdown, 55-yarder. Not much stands out. Not much stands out from the 10 Of course, you know, early – they just really marched down the field in, in that first drive, and it kind of made you scared just a little bit. Like, oh man, let's let's not let's not start off like this. Let's not start off like this. But hey, uh, the, the the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord can back me up on this. Uh, I always and I say it every week. The the games really start after the first drives for both teams. You, know, you get those scripted plays out. And then the real game starts. And that's when you start seeing the adjustments and you start seeing what works and not work. So um, I have to point that out again, even to myself. The, the, you know, hopefully you don't lose by a touchdown because they score on their first drive. But the real game usually starts after those scripted plays or out of the playbook. But, you know, in close games, 
You don't want to start slow either. And um, didn't, didn't come into play here. Florida was able to stand up after that first flurry of plays for Tennessee leading to a touchdown. And then Jalen Wright, of course, this, this was the big stat to me, guys. I, I put it on Twitter this morning. Jalen Wright, their Tennessee rushing uh, or running, running back, 16 attempts, 63 yards. Look at that average. 3.9 yard average. Remember in the preview? He was averaging 9.3 yards a carry coming into this game against Virginia, against Austin P. We, I mean, we, we know, but just like, you know, we gave credit for Florida running the ball versus McNeese, you know, doing the things you were supposed to do. I was giving him a lot of credit for doing the things they were supposed to do. Tennessee was running the ball really, really well coming in to the swamp, but not so much on Saturday. Now, I mean, that's, that's the biggest difference. That, that, that is the difference. We knew Milton was going to be limited. And look, he hit some passes down the field this game more so than he did the first couple of games. Uh, so, you know, he did play better. But Tennessee was only going to win this game if they ran the ball really well. And being able to hold right from 9.3 yards of carry coming into the game to 3.9, you reversed the numbers there. That was a big, big win for the Gator defense. And Tennessee for the night, 29 attempts, 106 yards, only 3.7 yards carry. Let's move to the Gator defense. And look at the top there, guys. Jordan Castell, the true freshman, playing close to the line of scrimmage, making plays, pursuit. I mean, this is very impressed. Very impressed with the true freshman here. Ten total tackles for Jordan Castell. Scooby Williams with eight. Cam Jackson, I think a lot of people have been waiting. I've been, I've been asked, uh, hey, man, where, where's Cam Jackson at? You know, I expect a little bit more. Well, SEC play, and he ramps it up. Cam, he was disruptive, a lot of what we expected him to be, and this whole defensive line, of course. Six total tackles for him, five of them solo. Princely, probably his best game of the year as well. He's living in the backfield, pressuring as well. Four total tackles for him, two of those solo. Half tackle for a loss, had the quarterback hurry. Uh, Jason Marshall, Shamar James, Miguel Mitchell, all with three. I won't go through the whole list there, but Sap, of course, with the big, big sack later on in the game. Overall stats, nope, but you know, Florida, really good, active with a very, very deep front. All right, let's... We'll round it back a little bit. Uh, notes I wanted to tell you about. Let's go back to Trey Wilson. Connected with Graham Mertz on the first six completions of Florida's opening drive. Of course, career high in receptions for the freshman, 44 yards before Tennessee even touched the ball. So hopefully he's back. Hopefully he's back soon. Hopefully the, the news is good there. Hopefully the good the news is good, uh, as Billy Napier was kind of leading us to believe after the game a little bit. Graham Mertz, 17 to 20 for 146, a one touchdown in the first half. Finished with a completion percentage of 79%. Third straight game over 70% while completing 19 to 24 for 166 and one touchdown. I uh, got his one rushing touchdown, of course, from the QB sneak at the goal line. He's throwing a touchdown pass in 18 of his last 21 games. Johnson and ETN have combined for at least one touchdown in 14 of 16 games together, scoring 23 total touchdowns, rushing touchdowns in 14 of 16 games. The duo has combined for 21 total rushing touchdowns. 
And Ricky Pearsall recorded a catch in his 31st straight game, the ninth longest streak in college football. The Gators have rushed for 100-plus yards in 13 of the last 16 games. Through three games, let's go to the other side of the ball. Armstrong Armstrong's defense through three games is allowing an average of 15.7 points and 256.3 total yards per game. Look, we know this Tennessee offense is not the same as what they were last year, but it's still impressive. Still impressive. You can hold them to 393 total yards. The way they were running the ball, they hit some big passes in the game, but still only 393 yards. This defense has improved. We can clearly, clearly see it. They dominated. They dominated in the first half and came up clutch in the second half. The Gators held Tennessee to seven points, 122 yards, five first downs, and 828 possession time in the first half. So what did that do for Florida? Of course. Florida totaled 281 in the first half compared to Tennessee's 122. Tennessee had 30 yards rushing. Florida had 135 yards rushing. 16 first downs for the Gators offense. 21-42 possession in the first half. I mean, that dominating defensive performance after that opening drive really set the stage for this offense to get in the groove in the first half. I mean, Billy Napier in that first half, guys, like I said, he admitted it. We all can see it. Got conservative in the second half. But, man, that play calling kept Tennessee's defense. You guys know I was high on Tennessee's and their defensive front. But, man, the way using the motion early, the Napier was in his bag. I mean, he kept Tennessee's defense off balance. Uh, they couldn't key in with what Florida. I mean, you got you had your explosive runs, <laughs> of course, by Trevor Etienne. That absolutely helps. But I mean, there was some a lot of good calls uh, there, and your quarterback just really having to stand in there and make some tough throws, take some hits while he's making throws. I mean, it was a really good effort there. Uh, Billy Napier, really good play calling in the first half. Tyreek Sapp notched his first career sack. Not. If you would have asked me, I probably would have said he got one last year. I didn't even think about him not having one last year. First career sack in the second quarter and setting a new career high in the tackles for loss in the process. Um, Castell, Scooby, both set career high in tackles. Castell with 10, Scooby with 8. Good stuff there for the Florida defense. Explosive plays. ETN, a 12-yard run, usually you know, ten rushes that are, go over 10 yards are considered an explosive play. Florida had eight of them. ETN with a 12-yard run. ETN with 62. Uh, Khalil Jackson with a uh, beautiful reception. I mean, credit to him, that beautiful and Mertz, beautiful throw on the sideline. But Mertz, 15, or ETN, a 15-yard rush, a 13-yard rush. Montreal Johnson with an 18-yard reception. ETN, 19-yard ETN another 19 yard as well. And let me see, guys. There was something I wanted to look up. And, you know, Florida, the, the domination in the first half on third down. And there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 
eight. Seven of eight that were converted right there in the first half. You had a third and 11 converted, third and five converted, third and five, third and five, third and 12, third and seven, and a third and one with the Mertz keeper to go score. Really, really impressed with what Florida was able to do on third down. And Grant Mertz on third down in the first in the first half. Really good stuff. Really good stuff there. I mean, the stats won't blow you away. We know that. But I've said the whole time, if the run game is there, most of the time, given Florida's schedule, he'll be just fine. He'll be fine. Now, there'll be, there'll be times when the game will probably be more on his shoulders. And let's just wait. Let's just wait. Man, what a lot of fun. What a lot of fun there. Let me get to the comments right here. And I know I definitely will not be able to get through. Thank you guys for absolutely killing the comment section right now. (laughs) But I will not be able to get through all of these. But thanks so much for putting them out there. Nathaniel Anderson. Mertz is an awesome dude and leader. He's really easy to cheer for. Man, you're absolutely right. Um, And he's so engaged. Gage in the post game press conferences as well. I mean, he's he likes to explain the things. Um, he'll it, it's he's really really approachable. I mean, as I said about this whole team when we have the media sessions, uh, we got some really good people on this team and the staff and Napier. I mean, you want to see these guys succeed because of first how good a people they are, and yeah, uh, his uh, it, it, I, it, I do like his leadership uh, out there as well. And look, I I questioned, you know, I wasn't questioning the leadership. It's just who's going to step up and be leaders on this team after the loss to Utah. And we're seeing it. Uh, I've seen it. Um, we're seeing it come through. Tanner Rowan, I hope I'm saying that right. Tanner, yeah, worth noting the Khalil Jackson. Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson-esque two-feet leaning catch. Yeah, great throw right there where it had to be from Mertz and Khalil being able to tiptoe a little bit. Uh, just because he's in here a lot. And uh, Q, man, I ain't going to forget about you. I remember you said this uh, This game was going to tell you a whole lot about Napier and, and, and the progress of this team. And, yeah, man, it was it was back against the wall from, for Florida. And, and as I said, going into the previews, I think it was the first time Billy Napier had pressure on him coming into a game. That loss versus Utah put so much pressure on this game. And back against the wall, this team came out fighting. Dummy Dave. Dummy Dave. Uh, okay, thanks. Fix the score in the title. Oh, did I? What did I do? I probably put it in there wrong. Yep, 26-19. Dummy, uh, d- dummy Dave again. Dummy Dave again. You know what? I'm, I'm going to do some live editing. There you go. You heard the uh, YouTube in the background. Edit video. Lisa, hey, at least the graphic was right. At least the graphic was right. <laughs> but thanks for pointing that out. Twenty nine sixteen save. There we go. Hey, you get some. You get some live editing right here on on, on Gators breakdown. But thanks for pointing that out. Uh, let's see, Matthew King. 
opinion on the LED lights. I think it was incredible. It was much better this week than it was last week. And I do think with the whiteout Florida was doing last week, they didn't go much with the orange and blue color scheme. Uh, but it was um, it was much better this week than it was the first week. And probably working out some kinks the first week. First time they've had them, um, they had the whiteout. So I think they were trying to play with that a little bit. But yeah, it was uh, it was definitely exciting. And if you were in the stadium there, it's uh, it's something to behold. Um, hardwired. I'm not sure that was completely the reason. He said Napier got conservative because Mertz injured his thumb. Like he said, I mean, he even said he got too conservative. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I do think it could have played a part as the game went on a little bit. Um, I don't think it was the full reason, only because of his comments after the game at, at the same time. So, but I do think that had. I think that played into it. It probably made it a little more conservative than it would have been overall. Jake, go Gators. Maybe Dave's a little hungover. Um, tired is probably a better phrase, but uh, I, had some, I had some fun Saturday. I had some fun Saturday. <laughs> you hear it my voice, I'm sure. I, I, I can, you, can, you can hear it. Harrison, uh, no, I don't have any word on Kimber's injury. I've kind of been busy trying to get like a couple hours of sleep and then waking up and kind of doing some notes here for the podcast. I'll probably follow up a little bit on, on some injuries um, when I get here. Uh, it didn't look good. Hopefully, it's just a minor hyperextension. Uh, the way he landed there, it, that was scary. Uh, he walked off the field, uh, but it, it took a while, of course, for him to get up. Uh, him walking off the field, I guess, is somewhat of a good sign. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of those things, uh, you know, don't. Uh, it was just scary the way he came down on it. That That's probably where, where I'd go with it. I don't want to speculate too much. <sighs> yeah, hardwire for sure. You said, yeah, Mertz said to eat up clock. I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, that was the reason to go conservative. I'm not saying, you know, there was a reason there, as I, and I mentioned it earlier in the episode, and that to, with these new clock rules and, and all that, I think so too. But, you know, they permitted getting a little too aggressive or aggressive, conservative. Preston, uh, thanks for uh, stuff about tailgate yesterday. That liquid IV hold me over. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, but they're not sponsoring the podcast, so I gave them a little shout out there. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, Adam, maybe we find out Kimber on Monday. Let's see. I'll go through. Let me go way up and see here. Yeah, Adam brings up another. I probably missed part of the conversation. Marshall has always been 50 50 uh, about that. I'm assuming Jason Marshall, and there's some early struggles uh, in the game, especially that first drive. Um, and I mentioned, unless somebody makes a play, Tennessee was probably going to keep going after him to you know, prove that he can make a play. It was Florida's defensive front that started making the play, and Tennessee could not go down the field uh, in, in that first half. So uh, you end up helping your DBs there. Uh, with, with that, but uh, some good adjustments after that first drive uh, for Florida. Yeah, I, I see penalties talked about a bit. I thought officiating was pretty bad overall. Uh, the Brew McCoy touchdown for Tennessee, I think. I mean, that was Jakeem Jackson's welcome to the SEC moment. But at the same time, it could have been offensive pass interference. It was a pretty clear push off to me. Now, I do think Florida got some calls that went their way as well. Uh, I think it, I think the officiating went 
but it, look, Tennessee won't go win the game anyway. Probably slanted more towards hurting Tennessee a little more, but they're not going to win the game. Uh, so uh, I, I do think the officiating overall was pretty bad. Um, let's see. Yeah, Ken brings up uh, we're worried about getting banged up a corner. Yeah, because Moore, you know, made that play in the end zone and he got hurt as well. Uh, so hopefully we get some. And given his injury history, I think we just kind of have to definitely. That's going to stick out. This because Moore's had an injury history so far here at Florida, and uh, hopefully that won't stick around. All right. Good stuff, guys. Thanks for hopping on live. I know these Sunday episodes, I've said, kind of depend on what time I get back in town and try to get some sleep. It was a, it was a long day yesterday. We were at the, at the tailgate. At, waking up at 5.30 in the morning, getting to the tailgate. So almost up for a full 24 straight hours, driving back to Jacksonville from Gainesville. But... Had the adrenaline, had the adrenaline uh, rushing after the big win. Kind of going to that, yeah. Dave party hard yesterday. Oh yeah, I was I was fanboying before the game. Absolutely, it was a lot of fun. Hey, you got a picture of Kevin O'Sullivan stopped by. The Gator baseball coach stopped by right there to uh, spend some time with us at the tailgate. I hope you guys saw it posted on social media. We had the uh, Tennessee toilet. It was a themed toilet that uh, Mayor came up with at the Harmonic Woods tailgate. And, and big shout out to Mayor, too. Uh, Harmonic Woods got together and sent Mayor out. He got to run through the tunnel before the game. So that was awesome. That was awesome. But we had the Neyland toilet. And Tennessee fans, for whatever reason, loved it. You go to social media, they wanted to buy the thing. They're saying it wasn't the hit that they that we thought it was. And it was, okay, okay. That kind of tells me that all I need to know <laughs> that they want to buy a toilet and they like the toilet. But uh, one more point I'll bring up. Ryan just brought it up. Got to give Trace Mack the place kick and roll. Man, special teams are still something, aren't they? Uh, Adam Mihalik continues to struggle. You know, Tennessee blocking some kicks. Uh, the first field goal was just brutal. Also, at the same time, punt, punting, uh, Crawshaw, not where he has been. I mean, there's been some shanks this year. A lot to get a little better in that regard. I'm, um, I mean, it's not killing Florida right now, but there's gonna be there's gonna be some closer games coming up, and we will need every bit of special teams to be on point. Uh, and it's not where it needs to be right now. Florida's gonna find themselves in some close games. We've gotta shore that up. Gotta shore that up. Jonathan Miller brings up another good point. Any ramifications going to come down for the end of game shenanigans? Probably. I could see Mizuka maybe not playing versus Charlotte. I don't know if the SEC will do something or if that's maybe a Billy Napier call uh, with that one, but it wouldn't surprise me to maybe see him not play Charlotte or maybe the first half of Charlotte or something like that. Uh, I don't know. 
I mean, I don't think you called a late timeout if you're Josh Heupel. You weren't winning the game. I think uh, kind of got what you asked for in that regard. Not necessarily said, not not excusing what happened, but when you do that, don't be surprised if something like that happens. And that's exactly what happened at the end of that game. It, you know, it was ugly, uh, but um, I don't think too too much would come of it, honestly. Uh, but we'll see. Um, you see. I haven't really got a chance to watch the replay of it yet. I know Mizuka was one of the main ones involved. Uh, after that, uh, I saw the funny image of him kind of getting his boxing stance <laughs> ready to go. Uh, but I hate to laugh about it, but th- that that part was kind of funny. Uh, but hopefully, you know, we move on from that. So probably a learning lesson for everybody there, and we'll see. We'll see um, where it goes. Okay, Casual says Sapp was throwing fit. Yeah, I think there might have been some defenders for Florida that come off the sidelines that got involved as well. So, yeah, good point. I, I, I remember seeing that, and I think I saw uh, a, a few defenders come out on the field as well. So, hopefully. But, yeah, like I said, Charlotte, probably you – know, that's the next game. You know, that's probably when you'll see suspensions, if, if, if they're going to come, that probably laid out there. All right, all right. Everybody, thank you so much. Big win for the Gators. Hope you enjoyed the episode. You can hear it in my voice. I enjoyed it. Glad we were able to discuss that. Big, big win right here of 29-16. I fixed the episode title. <laughs> so hopefully all oh, that's good to go. But uh, 29-16 Gators over the Vols. Another win for the Gators over Rocky Top in Gainesville. All right, guys. Smash that like button one more time. Subscribe if you haven't done so yet. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC. And uh, Will Mazen do it. Will, will I? We'll get together on Monday night. Do it all over again. Go Gators. Go Gators.